I'd like to talk to talk to you, Noam, just briefly about uh, the time period, uh, turn of the millennium, uh, after uh, the the uh, uprising in Seattle, where environmentalists, uh, uh, political activists uh, of all sorts came together. Uh, there was a kind of a international uh, uprising of conscience. Uh, how did, how would you describe that time period? Well, I mean, what happened in Seattle was extremely important, but uh, I think we can look at it in a slightly different perspective. It was important not so much because it was uh, a beginning, but because it was the entry to the north, to the rich developed countries of uh, ferment that had been uh, uh, brewing uh, extensively, in fact, in the uh, in the South for a long time. So there'd been massive uh, protests, activism, uh, engagement in uh, India and Brazil, uh, elsewhere, uh, which finally reached the North uh, over these pretty much these issues. Uh, the Campesina, the peasant organization had already been formed. Uh, uh, the landless workers in Brazil, huge mass popular organization, uh, uh, others, uh, peasant movements in India, and so on. Uh, they had been struggling about uh, you know, the neoliberal onslaught for a long time. Uh, and uh, with most of the issues that were brought, came together in Seattle had also, also been pursued there very actively and with huge organizations, Seattle broke through to uh, uh, the rich countries and then helped uh, lead the way to uh, the World Social Forum uh, uh, and, and its uh, offshoots, regional social forums and so on, which has created a kind of a network of uh, uh, resistance and uh, con construction of alternatives. And that's, uh, it, we don't know where it'll go, you never do, but it's, it's a certainly signaled the uh, significant development of a kind of a, a cooperative, uh, integrated uh, uh, activism worldwide, real globalization in a human sense, uh, uh, directed to trying to change the course of developments of, uh, in, the, in the global society, which are uh, harmful, uh, of course, a great deal of suffering, but are also kind of lethal in their implications. And by now, that's pretty much recognized, uh, sometimes almost amazingly. So it takes a, uh, the Wall Street Journal, a uh, major business newspaper, which was one of the most adamant uh, antagonists to any uh, ideas about uh, global warming or environmental crisis. So it's all a liberal plot to destroy the economy and so on. Uh, just this week, they had a, a one, one day this week, there was an extra section in the daily newspaper devoted to the environmental crisis, which just took for granted that it's a a disaster waiting to happen. We have to eliminate fossil fuels. We have to uh, develop um, sustainable alternatives. In fact, they go on and say we we'd better try to figure out ways to geoengineer the uh, the planet so as to compensate for somehow for the destruction that's already been done. Mm. Um, that's like a 180 degree reverse. 
rehearsal without even a comment. And I think it's illustrative of the force that these concerns have, some of these concerns have taken on. Uh, there's also other developments, the uh, kind of uh, communitarian movements among indigenous people in this continent and uh, in Mexico and uh, uh, the Andes and so on. That's again a significant uh, change in the direction of how society, resources, cultures, and so on have to be rethought and redesigned. And a lot of it had its uh, seeds around that time, although, as I say, it, it had been brewing for a long time in the South. Hmm. Well, I have to say, uh, I, I, I hear a little more optimism in you than I have, uh, and I, I do follow you pretty closely. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm encouraged by that. Uh, well, you know, I, objectively, I don't know how much ground for optimism there is, but unless we have it, we hang on to what element of it we can conjure up. Unless we do that, uh, we're doomed. Yeah, absolutely. If we don't op- make 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 a if we don't try to open the door, the door is not going to get open. No. Uh, what what uh, I uh, of course. I, throughout the years, I'm sure you've dealt with this issue, and and a lot of the young activists who, you know, it's wonderful how they're jumping on board and 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 their commitment and their energy and their vision, but there there is a uh, uh, boy, the classical dilemma of violence and nonviolence, and uh, as we move toward what increasingly looks like a world order, hopefully it won't turn into uh, Bush Sr.'s vision of a new world order. Uh, I think some some elements and some some discussions need to be made about enforcement uh, uh, and, and, and legal authority uh, on the world platform. Uh, do, you, do you have any kind of uh, place or any organization or any uh, ideas about how global justice can be administered in a proper way in, in, a, in a humanitarian, progressive, uh, responsible way. If it's going to be global justice and not global injustice, it's going to have to come from the ground up, from communities, uh, from popular associations, uh, which just carry it out. I mean, one takes a uh, torture in the United States. Um, there's issues about whether there should be a government commission or an independent commission investigating and uh, the use of torture. Uh, there won't be, and it would be the wrong way anyway. But there can be a popular inquiry into what it is, and why it's taking place, uh, what its role has been in our society and Western society in general, or in fact in global society. And that can come from uh, uh, popular groups and popular organizations, people's tribunals, things like that. And if they have enough uh, momentum behind them, they could make a difference. 